G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. But it was a celebration of the word being given, and the word brings life. The word is truth. And we know that in Acts chapter 2, that was the Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Week, Shavuot, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, a Jewish congregation. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. At different times throughout the year, we've learned about the seven mandatory feasts of the Lord, and we've seen how Jesus fulfills them all. Now, in this program, we're going to have an overview of these feasts and see how they present God's plan of redemption and how they show prophetically the first and second comings of Christ and the time span that's allowed the Gentile world to become grafted in to the Commonwealth of Israel. It's actually a fascinating timeline, and you're right, over the course of this year, we have looked at all the different mandatory feasts. We've looked at a few extras as well, and there's still a few more to come. In the Hebrew calendar, there are a lot of anniversaries, there are a lot of remembrances, holidays, celebrations, feasts, many of them ancient, many of them new and modern, but only seven are mandatory or have been commanded by God in the scriptures to say it is compulsory for the Jewish people to observe these feasts every year at set times. And is the compulsory nature of them also that they have to go back to Jerusalem or was that some of those? Only three were actually where they were required to go to Jerusalem up to the Holy City. Passover and Pentecost, Shavuot, and also Feast of Tabernacles, which is Sukkot. The rest they were able to um, observe and celebrate in their own homes wherever they might have been. Now, when you look at the feasts over the course of the year, they kind of happen in little clusters or little groups. You've got the first three. The first three feasts are Feast of Passover, which is Pesach. Then there's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Matzot. Then there's the Feast of First Roots, Bikurim. Then you have this gap, a 50-day gap, and then you have the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, or Pentecost is what we call it. Then there's another break or a gap of time. You get to the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is Sukkot. So the first three happen in quick succession, back to back. Then you have this gap for Shavuot, Pentecost, and so the first three are in the Jewish spring, And then the last three are in the Jewish autumn, and they are also in quick succession, like almost back to back. And it's really interesting as to why this happens in this particular pattern. And if you are not looking at the life of Christ or the plan of God's redemption for humanity, you may not actually see the working out. All right, so for those that have missed some of the episodes on the feasts, can you just give us a bit of a broad brush on each of them and what they all represent? The feast of Passover where an unblemished one-year-old male lamb is brought into the family. It is sacrificed. The blood is put on the doorpost. And as a result, the angel of death would pass over that family. And that family would be saved from judgment and death and slavery. And then they moved into their redemption immediately after that. You have the feast of unleavened bread where they ate unleavened bread 
which the bread represents the life of the lamb, the flesh that was given, but without sin, no sin in this bread. Mm. They eat that for seven days, and that then takes them to first fruits, where they have their redemption, their new life, and they are released from slavery. And of course, all this took place in Egypt when the initial institution of it was as they were about to leave Egypt, leaving that slavery and bondage. Yeah. And of course, who is the fulfillment of that? Jesus. Jesus, of course. He is the one, the the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, the bread that came down from heaven, sinless bread that was broken for us. And his resurrection was the first fruits. He is the first Mm. to be risen from the dead, the first fruits of the dead, the first of many, the new covenant says. And then, of course, you've got this 50-day break. And that takes you to Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. And it means Feast of Weeks. Shavuot means weeks because it's a series of seven weeks from the first cluster of feasts. This was a celebration of the Word of God being given. And this celebration, this harvest that was going to come out. Remember, it was also an agricultural feast. But it was a celebration of the Word being given. And the Word brings life. The Word is truth. And we know that in Acts chapter 2, that was the Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, a Jewish congregation, the word of God they were celebrating had come in the flesh, was given, mm. and from there, the word of God spread throughout the whole world, opening up to the Gentile believers. And of course, you mentioned before that Pentecost was one of those ones where everybody had to be in Jerusalem. So the whole world had come to Jerusalem, and then the Holy Spirit was poured out, and then they took him back. Yeah, and they celebrate that with two loaves of bread that are leavened, which is kind of symbolic of the world and the world which is full of sin. And these two loaves, being one new man, Jew and Gentile together, I mean, it's just amazing, fulfilled again in Christ. Then you get to the last three feasts in the Israeli autumn. Feast of Trumpets, remember these trumpets were to symbolically welcome the king for his coronation and to get the heart ready and prepared for repentance upon his arrival. It starts the 10 days of awe where they're dealing with sin and the remorse and sorrow of their sin leading up to the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, where the the goat was sacrificed, shed its blood and the other goat, the scapegoat, was had the sin put on it, sent away take it away for good and then of course the celebration that they're in the, the the book of life that they have their redemption it's been paid for and now they've got this joy as this uh, in the feast of tabernacles Sukkot as God was the one who sustained them and tabernacled among them their present in his his presence among them to sustain them provide for them and they're rejoicing because their salvation has been paid for and again we see that Messiah is going to fulfill all of those elements. Once again, you've talked about the clusters of these feasts. Yes. There was a quite a gap, really, between Pentecost and then these final three, which are actually yeah. happening around this time in the Jewish calendar. Yes. But there's been quite a gap. I mean, several months have gone by mm-hmm. in the year before this uh, last cluster of feasts happen. Exactly. So you have this gap from the first cluster, the gap that takes you to Shavuot, and then this other gap before you get to the last fall feasts. Now, if you look at the prophetic timeline, you can see how Jesus has already fulfilled the first three. He's fulfilled the fourth, which is Pentecost. But these others have not actually been fulfilled yet. The king has not returned yet. He hasn't experienced his coronation. And the heart of repentance with the Jewish people have not recognized their Messiah Mm. yet. So when you look at this prophetic timeline, you know that he fulfilled the first three. At Pentecost, 
the gospel, the word of God went out that opened it up to the Gentile world to be grafted into the Commonwealth of Israel. And we have seen over the past 2,000 years the Gentile world come to faith Mm. while far too many of the Jewish people still are under this judicial blindness. But that gap is beginning to close now where the time of the Gentiles is coming to its completion Mm. and then... The king is coming back. He will be experiencing his coronation. He will be welcomed by his own people. There is a passage of scripture that says that they will look upon him whom they pierced and they will grieve as one who has lost an only child. And that is what the Jewish people will do. When the blindness is lifted, they will recognize their Messiah whom they pierced and they will go... It was you all along, and they will grieve that they have missed for so long, but they will all believe at one time when their king comes back and they will recognize that he died for them like the sacrifice at Yom Kippur, that he took away their sin permanently like the scapegoat at Yom Kippur. He will have his coronation like Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, and then he will tabernacle with them as in the Feast of Tabernacles and a great harvest will come in of the Jewish people like Paul said in Romans 11 where he said all Israel would be saved. And you see it, he came at the first coming was the first three feasts, the gospel to the world at Shavuot and then the second coming at the last three feasts. And it is almost here, isn't it? It's almost here. (laughs) It's getting close. Uh, And are we setting dates? No, no, we are not. not no, all. we are but not. You can see it, can't you? I mean, if oh, you, you look can. at it, it's layers within layers, and you oh, can yeah. see so clearly the prophetic way yeah. that it's presented and the way that it is being fulfilled before our eyes. Absolutely. The feast of the Lord, he was, he was unfolding his plan of redemption, and he's done it every single year that they've been celebrating it for the past, what, three and a half, four thousand years? <laughs> Amazing. And of course, you can see if you go back through the notes on our website and the podcast, you can actually go back and study all of these feasts and understand them in more detail. And we encourage you to do that at vision.org.au slash foundations. Join us again next time as we continue learning about the Jewish and Hebrew foundations of the Christian faith so we can have a deeper, richer understanding of the foundational anchors of what we believe and why. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.